Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Also, over at greatdetectives.net this weekend, check out my review of the book, Mr. Monk Goes to the Firehouse. And you can get all of my reviews automatically sent to your Kindle, and you can try that service out free for two weeks. Just search for Great Detectives of Old Time Radio in the Kindle store. Today's program is brought to you by Songfinch.com. They're a great company that provides custom songs for any occasion. And they partnered with me provide my wife, Andrea, a custom-made song for her birthday. The way it worked is I went to their website, and I entered some details about our story and indicated what genre I wanted the song to be in, what type of singer, and just a few other simple details. And they sent those to a singer-songwriter who uh, went to work on the song. I received several emails in the, while they were in the process of making the song, which increased my anticipation, and it was done well before the uh, seven-day uh, time frame that they quoted. And I was really, really satisfied with the result. And so was my wife when I played it for her on uh, her birthday. They're really flexible with uh, what they do in the song, and you have a space just to enter in what you would like. And I mentioned that I'd like them to work in the titles to some of her novels into the song, and they managed to do that. Once the song was done, I could download it, but it was also available as a web page so Andrea could share it on social media. But for the old-fashioned touch, they actually uh, mailed me out a card that I could present to her. It was a great experience, and I'll go ahead and play you a sample of the song so you can get a feel for what the service is like. And if you're interested in songfinch.com for a special occasion, you can try it out and get $20 off at checkout by entering the code DETECTIVES. That's the code DETECTIVES when you check out. Born a city girl, you were always country at heart. I never dreamed we'd marry in the garden near Glacier Park. Oh, you are rainbow bright, you've been lighting my life up from the start. In the airport we were nervous, you could barely look me in the eye.
that was from I Believe by John Gardner via songfinch.com. And if you're interested, check it out, songfinch.com, and use the code DETECTIVES to get $20 off. Now it's time for Dragnet. The original air date, September the 28th of 1952, and this one is The Big Brain. Yes, sir. Put your ear against the trunk. You can probably hear it. Yeah, let me see. Oh, 
I knew darn soon. I didn't know these guys. But well, the fellow in front had a gun pointed right at me. Looked like a cannon. Biggest gun I ever saw. Tell you I was scared. Yeah. Told me to pull up the curb. I did. What happened then? Told me to get in the back seat. I told them I could take my money, car, whatever they wanted. Just let me go. The guy in the back told me to shut up and get back there with him. I asked him again to let go. Told him I wouldn't say anything. Said if they'd just let me go, I wouldn't tell anyone. I was scared, you know. Yes, sir, we understand. Guy in the front got a real wild look in his eye. Looked like he was crazy. I tried to get out of the car and he hit me. Side of the head with that gun. Then they grabbed me, threw me in the back seat. Hold me right over the front. Just dumped me on the floor in the back. Uh-huh. What did you do then? Oh, nothing. I just laid there. Figured that maybe they'd think I was out cold and leave me alone. Then you know what happened? Well, the guy in the back took a roll of adhesive tape out of his pocket. Wrapped around my wrist and ankles. Well, what did they do then, sir? Well, they still thought I was knocked out. The guy in the front said, get me out of the car. Big fellow opened the door, lifted me out, picked me up like a sack of potatoes. The guy with a gun ran around, opened the trunk, and they threw me in. One of my legs was over the bumper, and the big guy grabbed it and twisted it so it had fit in the trunk. Almost died, but I didn't dare let him know it wasn't out. Mm-hmm. And after that? But he liked the car and drove away. Must have drove for a while, and they stopped. Mm-hmm. You got any idea how long they drove, sir? How far? Uh-oh. I couldn't see anything. Couldn't hear much. Just a little mumbling. I know they stopped the gas station, though. Well, how's that, sir? Well, right after we stopped, I heard one of them yell to somebody. I couldn't tell what he was yelling. Then a little while, I heard somebody come back, take the gas cap off of the tank. And I heard the gas go in the tank, right in front of the trunk. Well, after the guy put the cap back on the tank, I heard one of the guys say something about stick-up. Why you were stopped? Did you try to let the gas station attendant know if you were in the trunk? Oh, sure. I tried to kick the trunk, but the way they twisted my leg put me in, I couldn't move. They gagged me, too. Put a big piece of adhesive tape over my mouth. No, sir, I tried to let the guy know. I just couldn't do it. You said if you heard one of them say, this is a stick-up. Yeah. Those were the words you used to. This is a stick-up. Uh, why don't you go ahead, sir? Well, there was some quiet talking after that. I couldn't tell what was going on, and they drove away again. You have no idea where this gas station was? Uh-oh. Sorry, but I was being bounced around that trunk. My head hurt where they hit me. I know they turned some corners, but I couldn't even guess where the station might be. All right, sir. What happened there? Same thing. They drive for a while and they'd stop. They'd get out of the car, then come back. We'd start to drive again. So finally, they parked. I waited for them to come back. They didn't. I tried to get the gag off my mouth so I could yell for help. Rubbed my face against the spare tire and got loose. Then I yelled, kicked my feet against the trunk. I just about giving up when you found me. Not sure I was through. It was getting hard to breathe in there. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. No, you can't. Until you've been locked in the trunk. Nobody can imagine that. Terrible. Just terrible. Say, have you called me? That's my wife. Have you called her? No, sure we have. Oh, she'll be hopping mad. What time is it? It's 11.45. Almost four hours to get a pile of coffee. She'll be raising the roof. Would you call her? Tell her where I am? Yes, sir. I'll call her. Want to give me the number? Uh, Madison 34656. Tell her you're calling for Henry. Explain what happened. All right, sir. Right away. Officer. Yeah? Be sure to tell her you're a policeman. She'll believe you. Yes, sir. 
I have a couple of questions to have to start this card. Sure. I hate to ask. Could I have another couple of ones? I'll get it. What do you want to know? Uh, your full name. Henry J. Hilde. H-I-L-L-D-A-L-E.
Dr. Hildale got to the city hall, and I took him into the mudroom to look at the books. Frank got in touch with Steele from the police printing lab. We gave him the description of the suspects in their M.O. and the fact that one of them spoke with a southern accent. We asked him to run off 500 flyers for distribution in the area that we were going to canvas. 12.15 p.m. Sorry, Sergeant. Didn't recognize any of them. Well, that's all right, sir. I understand. Don't think his picture was there. I'd feel awful if I saw it and didn't recognize it. But I'm pretty sure you just don't have a picture of the man. Yes, sir. Well, maybe you'd like to rest a little bit before you look at any more. Yes, I can. Get a little confused looking at so many. After a while, they all begin to look alike. Yes, sir. Joe. Yeah. See you later. Sure thing. Excuse me, Mr. Hildale. Of course, sir.
Sunday, February 22nd. We arrived back in Los Angeles, took our witnesses to their homes, and checked into the office. We called Captain Gideon and found that there had been no new developments in the case. Frank and I went home to get some sleep. Monday morning, 7.45 a.m., we signed into the office. We picked up the flyers and started to canvas the area where we thought the holdup men were living. During the first day, we were able to check out 28 places. Tuesday, the 24th, it started to rain again. At 8.30 a.m., we started to canvas the rest of the hotels, rooming houses, and boarding houses in the area. For three days, we talked to the day and the night clerk in each place. We left each of them a flyer with the description of the men and our cards, asking them to call us if anyone answering the description should register at their particular place. For three days, it rained. Saturday, February 28th. Think it'll ever stop, Joe? It sure is wet. Yeah. Looks like the guys we want to drop off the face of the earth, nobody's seen or heard of them. I never realized there were so many hotels in L.A. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Well, let's try this one. Right. Yeah, something you want? We're police officers, sir. Here's our ID. What's that? Police officers. Oh, oh, police. That's right, sir. Stand still. You told him what? And we should have left. Get out of this lousy town. 
I'm going back home. Yeah, all right, let's go. Back in a can this time, we'll never get out of him and his big ideas. Smart guy, old Ed, the big brains. Try to tell him. Yeah, well, maybe you'll make it this time. Huh? You'll have a lot of time to convince him. The story you have just heard was true. The names were changed to protect the innocent. On 17th, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 87, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Andrew J. Scott and Edward F. Winters were tried and convicted on 12 counts of robbery in the first degree and 10 counts of kidnapping for the purposes of robbery. They are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. A hold has been placed on them in the event of parole by the state of Arkansas. First-degree robbery is punishable by imprisonment in the state penitentiary for from five years to life for each count. In the case of Scott and Winters, these sentences are to run consecutively. Hi, this is Deirdre Starry of Sal Scaramouche Fencing Club in De Pere, Wisconsin. You are listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio and Adam Graham. Let's get back into the show. Ungald. Welcome back. There are times when it makes sense for Dragnet to explain to us why a crime is so bad or so scary. Uh, this one, I don't think that was hardly necessary. It's quite obvious why it's so problematic to be locked in the... Uh, trunk of a car, though that did add a bit more of an urgency to the case. We also get to see an early establishing of roles in the partnership, with uh, Frank being sent to call the wife of the man who was found. And as Joe did that, I thought, yeah, he would be the one to do that. Even though we didn't hear it, I imagine it went very well. One of the great things about radio is it gives you a chance to really focus on audio in a way that you can't in any other medium. A great example of this is with uh, the captain explaining he was under pressure. We actually could hear the bicarbonate and that emphasis on, yeah, this guy is really stressed, which explains some of the almost nonsense when you think about it case ultimately solved because the San Francisco uh, Police Department caught their guy. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And I have a comment from Jason who says, Thanks to the influence from the great detectives of old time radio, I now wish I could have Jack Webb narrate my day-to-day -day life. Don't we all, Jason? Thanks for mentioning us. Tomorrow, more Dragnet on Video Theater. And it's a really good one. And then on Monday, join us for Night Beat. Tuesday, The Judge. And then next Saturday, it's another episode of Dragnet. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>